I think it's a collective effort. I think, you know, there's only so much any one group can do. I think it has to be kind of a collective effort and a reset. But I think as far as for women in sales, I think, um, you know, as if you're someone out there who's considering pursuing a career in sales, don't be afraid to lean into those parts of yourself that maybe don't fit into those gender norms. Like I am very aggressive. I'm very determined. I'm hungry. Like all the things that wouldn't necessarily fit into this certain bucket that women are, are traditionally described as. And I'm okay with that. And I like that. So I think it's okay, but it's also okay if you don't fit into those. Hey everyone, George Soto here, and you're watching Demo Diaries. Today I'm joined by Alexine Moudoir, who is, first of all, like, Alexine, you have all of these accolades, top 100 LinkedIn sales star, Chicago 50 on fire. You're involved with the Women in Sales Club and Sales uh, Hacker. You were featured in Sales Hacker for the Women in Sales. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Absolutely. And you are now like focused on major accounts. You're an AE at Displayer in Chicago, which uh, shout out to Chicago. We have a couple of folks on our team in Chicago. So we love Molly, Evan, uh, AE and uh, SDRs. I, I think we have or BDRs we call here. Um, I think we have a couple other folks. So shout out to Chicago. Uh, why don't you take a quick second and just tell folks a little bit about your career background and how'd you get into tech sales? Yeah. So much like everyone else, I fell in face first into tech sales. I wasn't planning to go into selling professionally. I didn't really know you could be a professional salesperson when I was leaving college. So I was fully uh, leaving Purdue University, planning to go into retail buying. And I was going to work for a very upscale brand and travel the world and go pick out fabrics. And what happened was I ended up falling in love with sales and uh, ended up finding a full cycle uh, account executive role as my first position. And then I've just stayed full cycle ever since for eight years. So it's been wild and it's been a fun ride. Um, and it's just a career and a topic that I'm super passionate about. I think sales has been in my blood for a very long time. Like I think back to when I was a little kid going door to door with like all those magazines and fundraisers. And I would always canvas like my whole neighborhood. I never missed a single house. So um, I think just from an early age, something about sales uh, just gravitated to me. Yeah, I, I definitely can empathize. I was a door-to-door -door salesperson. I sold those big uh, like encyclopedia uh, educational books that <laughs> mom would buy and dad would be nervous about because they were $1,000 and you didn't know if the person was going to come back um, and actually give you them. But uh, yeah, so I, I definitely get it. Like sales has been for me, a, a huge part of my life and my identity. Like I just derived a lot of my self-confidence for a long time, you know, from that. It was just kind of like my sport. I wasn't like good enough to play professional baseball, which I loved and played pop, you know, you know uh, well, I played pop Warner football too. I was too small to play football, too short to play basketball. So sales was sort of my, my sport. And, you know, there were just a lot of things in life that, uh, that I could use some of the, you know, or, or sort of work through uh, based on what I learned in sales. So I definitely, definitely get it. Let's talk a little bit about what I think is a big problem. And that's the lack of female 
leadership and just females in general, women in sales, what's up? Like what's going on and what can we do to fix that? And I think we need, I, I believe every group that's underrepresented needs allies. And, um, and so I think we need to share that, that message. Yeah. Um, my friend Shelton Banks said this recently, cause I used to say underrepresent, he would always say, um, untapped and overlooked. Cause it's like, I think that's a piece of it. It's like, it's not like the talent isn't out there for any mm -hmm. of these groups. It could be women. It could be, um, for, um, sellers of color. I mean, anybody, um, the talent exists. It's just, are we willing to go outside of the scope and look at some of the biases that we maybe have ourselves because we all have them and decide, do we want to make a, you know, real diverse sales team? So I think, you know, um, I don't really know where it starts. I think that part of it is obviously, um, you know, attracting women to come into the sales space in the first place. I think that's like kind of one piece of the puzzle. So I co-founded the Women in Sales uh, Club with Gabrielle Blackwell from Gong. Yeah. And so we've been running weekly sessions, uh, but our audience actually is a sometimes a pretty even split between men and women who are attending those sessions. And a lot of the topics aren't necessarily specific to women either. Um, but I think, you know, the more we can have those conversations and bring to light other women who are in the industry and talk about, you know, what it's meant for us and how this career has been really impactful. And for me, having like fi the financial independence from a very early age, things like that, I think are, are really great ways to kind of attract folks in. Mm -hmm. I think um, there's also this piece around you know, retention too, and keeping people not just at your company, but making people happy that are there. So I think um, there's still a lot of work to be done on all, all ends of the spectrum. Um, I think, you know, what's up is a good question. I don't, you know, I think there's just a lot and it's, it's kind of broken. I think one of the biggest pieces, and I've shared this before, is that when I've interviewed for years now, eight years now, I, I really haven't interviewed with that many women ever mm -hmm. over the course of that eight years. So I think that kind of lets you in a little bit just from the get-go. Um, but then one of the pieces that I noticed is a lot of times, you know, interviewers tend to want to hire people that remind them of themselves. And if every one of my interviewers is, um, you know, a white male, then they're probably going to hire someone that reminds them mm. of themselves. And, you know, curly blonde woman is not going to remind them of themselves. So I think there's, there's that piece too. And some of this comes back to companies maybe need, needing to do some, some, uh, bias work and training and workshops and, and just to get underneath some of this because I think there is a lot to unpack but I'm hoping through the work that Gabrielle and I are doing and um, the small community that we're building that we will continue to uh, bring to light some of the really exciting positives of choosing this as a career and um, and then in turn having some of those leaders from different companies attend those sessions and get to know us and get to know some of these stories and I truly believe that will then make an impact and kind of help help some of this change for the future too. Yeah. But we, you know, the last piece here is that we do know statistically that more diverse sales teams are more successful. So we have data that backs this too. So I think if nothing else, um, you know, sales were very data driven. So let us rely on the data that we know exists that's been done to prove that these diverse sales teams are working and they're working well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as I sort of chew on this, just because I guess like I was sort of naive to all to this fact, right? And maybe that was just based on my upbringing. I had great parents that were, you know, diverse culturally just by themselves. So I think that, you know, I, my view on it was quite limited. But now that I've 
really started to to dig into it and start to think about well why would a woman feel uncomfortable let's just say within an, a, an organization I think that it's there's a couple of things that come to mind so the first thing is that there's been this like bro fraternity kind of you know feeling in the sales uh, community right historically and uh, you know and that could feel quite uncomfortable it's the the, the bar talk you know and all the you know um, you know, kind of nonsensical conversation and those sort of things. I also think that, you know, historically at some point in history, which probably dates a couple of thousand years, I'm guessing, you know, there was this shift to this, you know, more patriarchal sort of society where, you know, men were running the show and, and those sort of things. And, um, and I think that that was also very much reflected in our media and the influences that we uh, that we have that would sort of help us guide what we wanted to do in the in the future. And you looked at the salesperson as the you know New York City like you know ABC close close close. I forgot that movie, but uh, the name of it. But um, one of the Sheens, I think, was in it. But anyways, you know, you always saw that, right? And and then if the woman was in that role, she was looked at as you know like a hard ass or something, right? Or like and um, and I think that's just really unfair. And I think that it also warrants like a shift in how we define um, these roles in society that uh, for me, my, my personal opinion is it's nonsense, right? It's like, you know, based on all these things that we talked about. And so I think that's probably one of the things, you know, if you're a, a woman coming out of college or growing up, you're not thinking about that, right? Maybe you're thinking about what you've seen as another role. Uh, the other thing I would say is, there, there, you know, the men have been historically like, and I, and I really believe that this is shifting just based on conversations that I've had with my buddies and other men in the last couple of years, they've, uh, they've shifted to like have more awareness around like our own, um, you know, our own behavior around the whole Me Too experience. It was very painful for a lot of different people. I, I think that it also brought up a lot of conversations around, like self-examination, like, what am I doing? Like, I, maybe I'm not aware. And, and it's true. Like it, a lot of men, uh, there's certainly a lot of scumbags who were aware and just don't care and just want the world to burn. And, um, but you know, some, there's some men that just weren't, weren't aware that their actions were actually causing a lot of suffering and discomfort. And so I think that's the other thing I've seen, like, you know, women, you don't want to be hit on all the time when you're in like all these, you know, these, these uh, happy hours or all these like sales, you know, kickoffs and all this stuff, right? Like, so, you know, that that pre creates a situation where it's quite uncomfortable. You, you know, these are the things and look, I'm being really honest with you, as you can tell, like, I'm like, this is the real stuff, right? Um, you know, obviously, the, I don't know everything. Um, but I think that we have to have more of these conversations and be super honest and not not have it an HR violation to talk about, but be like, honest, like, look, you know, these are the realities. And so I think with those, you know, it, once we continue to bring awareness around these topics, um, you know, we'll start to, as men, look at how we're re behaving and shift that, right? So, and I guess, I just got to say, like, I was a door-to-door -door salesperson for a company out of Nashville, Tennessee, that was called uh, the Southwestern Company. That's how I essentially learned how to sell, sell, uh, sell when I was sale, sale, sales, whatever, um, when I was in college. And the top salespeople were always women, you know, and it was like, and that's why when I got to the enterprise, I was like, 
in technology. I was like, I, I just don't get it. So anyways, um, any final kind of words there um, before we move on to the next topic? Because again, I think this was the most critical piece of, of this conversation today. Yeah, I think there, you know, there's a, there's a ton to unpack there. I think, um, you know, my goal and, and our goal in having this women in sales club was to provide an open forum and a place for people to have these conversations, to be able to talk about things, share experiences. And what I've noticed is, you know, throughout my career, a lot of my greatest supporters, allies, mentors have actually all been men. And, um, they've, they've helped me really level up and in turn, I'm helping kind of cross-educate, you know, on some of these other topics. So I think it's a collective effort. I think, you know, there's only so much any one group can do. I think it has to be kind of a collective effort and a reset, but I think as far as for women in sales, I think, um, you know, as if you're someone out there who's considering pursuing a career in sales, don't be afraid to lean into those parts of yourself that maybe don't fit into those gender norms. Like I am very aggressive. I'm very determined. I'm hungry. Like all the things that wouldn't necessarily fit into this certain bucket that women are, are traditionally described as. And I'm okay with that. And I like that. So I think it's okay, but it's also okay if you don't fit into those. Um, you know, that's the really beautiful thing about sales. Like there's no one size fits all for a successful salesperson. You could be someone that's very introverted. And I've had colleagues that are very introverted. They're successful salespeople. Uh, I'm very extroverted. So I'm on the other side of the spectrum. So the, obviously there's probably more of us than the other side, but it's, you know, your success is, is yours to be determined. So, um, yeah. yeah, so definitely hope to see many more women there, but, um, but yeah, it's just a conversation that's ongoing and I'm optimistic for the future. Awesome. And I, I just remember like our, our head of our VP of sales is a female. She's just, she's just joining now. And then also our, our, my boss who's joining, I won't say her name yet. She's joining next week. So we're super excited about that. And so, you know, it's, I think that, that it, that the, the shift is changing and it's coming and, and, um, and so we're excited about that, but anyways, let's, let's move on to, uh, to demos. Cause you know, this is demo diaries, but I, you know, sometimes we got to get off topic and bring light to, to things that are important. You know, if you were to give AEs out there who are focused on closing enterprise deals, right? Major accounts, any tips that you would give them around preparing, let's say pre-meeting and then during the meeting executing uh, and then maybe following up on on your demo yeah i mean a million different tips but i think the biggest piece is like I mean, it sounds cheesy but like actively listening and also i'm like i'm very meticulous with notes because even if i'm listening carefully there's only so much i can remember off of a 60-minute conversation so i constantly have salesforce up i'm constantly updating my notes as i'm talking to people at the point where I'm not even looking down sometimes. Um, but I think that, you know, that piece is really critical. Like give yourself everything that you need so that if two weeks from today, you're going to have a rehash session with this person, you have everything that you need right in front of you. So I think that's one piece. Um, right now I'm actually learning to run demos myself of our product. And our product is like somewhat technical in, in certain aspects. And so that's been like a challenging couple of weeks. Um, and so it's, um, but I think what I've noticed is since having to like really dive into the tool myself and walk folks through it, my technical acumen has like jumped up big time. My confidence in being able to navigate and answer some questions has also gone up. So I'm noticing like these really positive changes that are happening very quickly in tandem with that. So I would say, 
even, you know, sometimes it's good to lean into the discomfort. Like if you do have a tool and I know it's, it's very cozy to have like a solutions consultant or solutions engineer run every presentation for you. And you just kind of, you know, ride shotgun with them. I would say like force yourself to get into your tool, whatever it is, whatever you're selling, get into there a little bit, get to know it. Um, and then that will also help you during those demo conversations, because you may hear different things. You're going to hear things differently. It's going to make sense to you in different ways than it did. Um, the other piece is don't be afraid to, like, I think the biggest piece is like asking for clarification. I think as salespeople, sometimes we're so worried about making sure that we sound very professional and we know everything that's going on and we understand everything we're saying. Sometimes people use jargon that we don't understand. And so it's, it would be weird and very passe for me to be like, okay, sounds good. Moving on to the next thing. Like if I don't understand something someone says, even if it's maybe even something that, that I've heard a number of times, I will sometimes just ask, what, what exactly do you mean by that? And that question alone opens up a, a full spectrum. All of a sudden I'll realize whatever they were referring to has nothing to do with what XYZ client over here was referring to. So I'm very big on e and asking those questions. And another thing that I do during demos is I will point out kind of like uh, shifts and either, either like energy or just kind of like the person, like if I'm noticing, like they've kind of like changed the way they're sitting and they just seem like not as interested anymore. I'll just say like, Hey, I couldn't, I couldn't help but notice like this is this something shifted a little bit here. Do you want us to kind of pivot away from this part of the presentation? Or do you want us to go deeper into something else? Uh, but really being attuned to like what's going on with your prospect and how they're taking the information, because sometimes it's actually a good thing. Like sometimes they're like sitting with something you said a few minutes ago and they're still like tinkering with it in their head. And then we can go back to that and be like, Hey, you know, and they might say like, yeah, I was still thinking about like what you guys showed me like a couple steps back. Cool. Let's go back to that page. Talk to us about what this looks like today in your process. And then let's compare it to what we're showing you here. And let's talk through it together. Like that's a very powerful point in a, in a demo conversation. So I would say like, don't be afraid to move with your prospect. Like, obviously you want to have, have a certain flow to your demo and, and have a flow to the conversation. But at the same time, like if you see something that really like stands out to your prospect or that they're confused about or whatever, don't be afraid to like de derail a little bit and, and deviate and, and get into that topic. Cause sometimes that opens up, you know, some of the best opportunities when you really kind of deviate a little bit and then get into the weeds on one thing. And then you get back on course and you finish the rest of the demo. But um, that was a few pieces of advice, but awesome. <laughs> yeah. And there are obviously great tools out there for the note-taking piece, mm -hmm. like chorus, like gong, uh, to, to really help with those. I mean, I think that, that these are magical tools. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about them surfacing. You know, if you think about social selling, cause you've been crushing it, obviously, uh, you know, top 100, uh, on, on, uh, on the, on LinkedIn, speaking to sales, any tactics that you would give social sellers out there, or maybe folks trying to get into social selling around, you know, really making, uh, making an impact. I think the power of commenting on a post from your prospect cannot be understated. Like the, you know, and not something like cheesy, like, oh, if you reached out to us, like we could solve this for you. Like a thoughtful comment, like just, hey, this was a really great article. I actually shared it in my team Slack channel. Thanks for posting this. Just like some, it doesn't always have to like tie back directly to your, um, to, to your product. Um, it's helpful and maybe you can use it in outreach later, but I think what's it, like, what's really easy to do is actually get some name recognition just based off of your interactions with someone. If you look even like some of the C-levels I've prospect in the past, 
I'll look at what they post and maybe they get like three to five comments on their posts. So if you think about it, like people notice who comments on their material and is thoughtfully looking through. Um, so, so cannot be understated enough to like really interact with those folks. Um, so I think that's a big piece. And also if you are lucky enough to have any prospects that do a lot of like content creation or are actually out there on the circuit doing, like if I worked in, if I was selling to sales leaders, for instance, I would be all over these podcasts. Like all these sales leaders are posting and doing these podcasts nonstop. Like that is such an easy way in to build rapport. Um, and you'll learn something along the way. So there's like no no downside to that. So I think pay attention to what your prospects are doing, pay attention to what they care about on social and then figure out ways to kind of like organically show up for them. Cause I know like one of the accounts I was working um, a few years back, it was a fortune 100 company and I could not get in the door. And I looked in Salesforce. I mean, we had been calling this company probably for like eight years in the database. No one's ever scheduled a meeting with them. And I just started commenting on his posts and like very, again, very organic stuff. And I probably, you know, over the course of like a month and a half, like probably did like five comments and liked stuff. And then I cold called him on a Monday morning, which I have like a theory that sometimes Monday mornings can be good. And he answered right away. And, um, and he was like, I was waiting for when you were going to call, I figured you'd be calling at some point. Like he recognized my name all of a sudden and he already knew what my company did. He was like, Hey, here's what I want to do. I want to schedule a demo. I'm going to include X, Y, and Z leaders from my side. I didn't even know if I talked during the cold call. He just like basically laid it all out for me. And then that was that. So I think, um, social selling, sometimes we over engineer it and make it more complicated than what it needs to be. I think there's a lot of tips and tricks and tactics, but I think the biggest one is just be genuine and people love talking about themselves. So let them talk about themselves or you talk about them. Awesome. I, sh I, I keep wishing I had a sound machine because uh, when, when there's like awesome statements, I, I want to do like a splash or something or a drum roll. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like the radio stations at like 2 a.m. Right. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time. I don't want to hold you up. It's Friday and uh, I'm looking out. Yeah, it looks nice. I'm going to go out here and I'll walk my dog. But uh, if folks want to follow you on social media, obviously LinkedIn, but any other channels that they can find your content on or maybe they want to ping you for some advice, uh, will be the best uh, URLs or handles? Yeah, so definitely my personal LinkedIn profile, um, our Women in Sales Club, we have a brand new LinkedIn page that I encourage anybody to follow along with. And then we actually host weekly events from 2 to 4 p.m. Central Time every Saturday. So Gabrielle and I will be running one tomorrow, and the topic is uh, the stigma of sales. So very cool topics applicable to anyone in sales. And those are the uh, I'm also, I just took over as head of community for Thursday night sales as well. So you can also catch me on Thursdays there. Okay. And in terms of the groups, can we just search on, let's say LinkedIn, put it in the keywords or any particular URL structures? Yeah. Just women in sales club on LinkedIn and you'll see a pop-up. Cool. Yeah. And, and then, then clubhouse, we'll... clubhouse is the exact same, just women in sales club. So super easy to find us and um, definitely hope that you all will connect and join us for some conversations, but excited to get to know some new people. Awesome. And for the men out there, uh, just because it's women in sales doesn't mean that we don't go. So, you know, we can learn from everybody. And, um, and so just uh, keep that in mind. And thank you so much for your time and uh, have a have a great weekend. And I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for the uh, for the event, see if I could check it out. 
Awesome. Sounds good. Well, have a great weekend. Thanks for this. Thank you.